Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. We have not done this after a actual round of PGA Tour golf in a long time. We got that at Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas on Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, and into Thursday evening with the first round of the Charles Schwab Challenge. Mark Immelman and Doug Bell are on the line with me. Uh, they were both on, on the ground. So, Mark, let's start with you. How, how are you doing? How was the day? Uh, give me your... Uh, just how are you feeling after round one? I'm feeling kind of bushed. It was hot out there and a quick backstory to all this. You know, we have to get our temperatures checked before they let us into the TV compound. And so I did a self-temperature check in the hotel room and it was a little high. I was like, oh no, there's something going wrong here. And then thankfully when I got there, my temperature was fine. And then the day was great. You know, it was, it was the kind of thing when you get there and you just want to get going. And eventually when we did a long rehearsal and we got into the show and and right from the top of the show, there was action. And and it was kind of just what golf needed, I thought. You know, you had all of the stars come around and play well. And it was a great golf course. And the weather was perfect. And, and so from my point of view, it was a lot of fun out there. I mean, I got to watch some good golf personally. What about you, Doug? Was 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 this the, the experience for you, was it similar to Mark's? Or did you experience anything different? I mean, you know, I think one of the funny things about like it didn't seem that different for me watching it on TV because especially with like PGA tour live, there's not really fans out there at seven in the morning anyway. So did it feel extraordinarily different for you or was it kind of a similar experience to what you normally have? Well, Kyle, it was interesting because it was similar when I first got out there early in the morning because there were, there were ropes down the fairway, there were scoreboards and I was like, okay, this is like a real tournament. Uh, but then as I watched uh, great shots, there were no cheers. And, and I learned quickly that the crowd, uh, it, it's, it adds that electricity. It adds that element that we love. And the players love it. Uh, I mean, it's just a great, it's a great marriage. And, you know, being there watching these great shots is special. And, and that was missing. Uh, that was, and, and the players, um, Jonathan Vegas rolled into birdie on his last hole. And he waved to the gallery, but there was no gallery. So that was, that was a little strange. Uh, but I did feel a, a, a certain camaraderie among the players and caddies. Uh, they were all very welcoming to everybody, uh, including me. And it was great to see a lot of people I hadn't seen in three months. So that was really fun. It, it, it was historic today. The tour returns after the longest layoff it's ever had in their history. And I think the players felt it. I think the players were genuinely excited to be back to work. And that's what they do best. And they were glad to be back out there, even though the fans weren't part of it. You know, Doug, you bring up a good point about the fans. And as I looked at it walking down the fairways, and it's sort of quiet, and you've got guys interacting with just the caddies and the players, and there's not that sort of roll after a good shot or whatever. To me, it was almost pure golf. It was pure golf out there, nothing else. 
guys playing, not much cheering, except for on like the 15th hole, there's someone had built a stand off the premises. But guys were just getting out there doing golf. And, and, and from that point of view, there was a, a weird sort of a purity about it for me. And, and I honestly enjoyed that for a while. So what I'm hearing you say, Mark, is you don't want fans at any tour events <laughs> for the foreseeable future, like ever again. I've got to be honest, it, it makes, my Doug can speak to this as well, it, it makes our job easier just getting around, you know, between yeah. galleries and stuff. When you've got a Tiger Woods gallery, you know, navigating the thing is a big deal. Um, the one thing to be cognizant of now without the crowds and the ambient noise, we've got to be so aware of where we are, what direction the wind's blowing, because you can easily, it's worse for Doug because he had to talk through shots. You can talk over the top of someone. So, so, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the fans coming back, but it was good fun for me today. Yeah, I don't think that's a financially sustainable model to not have fans at your sporting event, but <laughs> I'm with you. I kind of like the uniqueness of, of having that. So we do have a, a really good leaderboard. Justin Rose, Harold Varner lead, uh, both shot 63 on Thursday. Both were seven under. Uh, you know, the big takeaway – for me, for those two guys, both Rose and Varner was their ball striking. Varner hits all 18 greens in regulation. I thought Rose's swing looked awesome. I thought it looked incredibly fluid, incredibly smooth in a way that it just didn't at the beginning of the year. I know that you were with Varner a little bit, Mark Immelman. What was your takeaway from following him around? You know what? He looked, he had, he had a special something about him. And this is, you're going to laugh at me because you're the strokes gain guy and I'm the strokes lost go. because you've tightened up or whatever. And, and he had a real look about him in his eye. And ordinarily, he's quite chatty on the golf course, but he was a man on a mission. And he, he, he navigated his way around that golf course beautifully. He put the ball in play. You know, Colonial loves someone who hits the green in regulation. And those greens are small. And he did everything he should. He flattened the golf ball high, low. He bent it in both directions. And, and, and it was a masterclass performance. But there, there was, and he spoke, you guys probably heard the sound afterwards. He spoke to Todd Lewis. And, and Todd asked him the question, sort of as if to say, are you playing with a higher purpose this week? And, and Harold was like, yeah, I guess. But, you know, I was just jacked to come back and play golf and I wanted to play well. This is what I do. This is my job. And so I was keen. And, 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 and I could see that keenness in his eye. I mean, he really looked like he came out there on a mission. Yeah, you know, Varner is somebody who's interesting to me because he's had these moments where he pops up. I go back to the PGA Championship yeah. uh, 2019, Doug, where he plays final round with Brooks Kepka, shoots like, a, I think he shot 82, 81, something like right. that. Right. So to me, Rose is obviously the one with more staying power, but is that how you're viewing it as well? Do you think that, do you think it's, it's you know, Rose is the one to look for uh, over the next four rounds, or do you think Varner is, is going to be capable of staying up there as well? Well, great, good question. Uh, Harold has won once the Australian Masters, um, and as you mentioned, he's contended on the PGA Tour. Uh, I do think there's added pressure on Harold this week, uh, as Mark mentioned. Um, you know, he um, has been outspoken and very eloquent in his feelings leading into this event. Uh, he met with the commissioner Jay Monahan. So I think as the week goes on, as he if he keeps playing well, I think that'll add pressure. Uh, but we do need to emphasize 18 of 18 greens. Um, yeah, it hasn't happened at Colonial in 10 years, guys. I was with Tim Clark 10 years ago, walking all 18. He hit every fairway and every green, Tim Clark. I mean, that was an amazing round that I still have never forgotten. And for Harold to go around today and hit every green, I mean, that is very difficult to do at Colonial. So good for him. 
But I do think it'll be difficult for him to sustain it, just looking at his track record. So to answer your question, Kyle, I really believe, um, you know, if you're betting on the two guys, I think you got to go with the major champion, Justin Rose, who putted very well today and obviously likes the tailor-made irons that he's gone back to, likes them very much. Yeah, Rose is somebody, and, and uh, Mark mentioned this earlier in the week, just about how hard he had been working coming in. And that was that was very apparent uh, with the way he played. You know, the Varner thing is interesting because I think it would be he, – he, he's certainly been outspoken, and he's said everything in a very um, – he, he's just said – he's handled everything really well. I think it would be really cool if he won, honestly. I don't know – I don't know if he – I don't know. I don't know if he would, would feel that pressure. I think he, I, I, I almost think he would feel more pressure from just not having one on the PGA tour than mm-hmm. with kind of everything that's been going on in the country and how he's been outspoken about it and stuff like that. Do you agree with that, Mark? Uh, yeah, I do. And, 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 and you guys referenced the stumble he had at Beth Page Black when he was playing alongside Brooks. There's nothing like watching someone win. It, you, you are classes in session at the, and at that stage, Brooks was the alpha dog, and yeah, Harold Varner, you're in contention, but you fall away. And the one thing that struck me about that performance, you and I were there, Kyle, um, he looked like he was trying to get out of Brooks's way. His demeanor, the paces which he was playing, he felt like he was the extra, and this was Brooks's show, and Harold didn't own his spot. I'm sure as he looked back that he was like, okay, I've earned my place here. I've learned from that experience, because they all do. And so I feel like he piles, parlays that onto, you know, some better performances. Now, now, does that mean he wins this week? No, we won round down. There's three to go and a lot of golf. But I feel like he would have come out of Beth Page and that PGA Championship a little stronger for that failure. Yeah, one other note on Justin Rose before we kind of move on to the rest of the leaderboard. He's shot 63 or lower five times over the course of his PGA tour career in the opening round. And he's won two of those and they happen to be the last two 2011 BMW and then 2019 farmer's insurance open 2011 BMW. Was that crooked stick Mark? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, was. so the last two times that he shot 63 or better opening round, he's gone on to win the golf tournament. I think he shot 64 in the opening round 2018 when he won uh, here at Colonial. Um, okay, let's go a little bit further down the leaderboard. We've got Colin Morikawa, six under 64. Justin Thomas, uh, six under 64 as well. Let's start with Morikawa because, Doug, he is somebody we had on this podcast, uh, I don't know, like a month ago, six weeks ago, and he was just talking about how, and, and I saw Rick Gaiman brought this up on Twitter, just about how he found something in his putting stroke at the players championship. And yes, he finishes number one in the field on Thursday in approach shots, but he also putted it really well. And I saw what number his, was that Kyle? Well, hold on, say that again. N- number one. He's the best iron player in the world. Mark. <laughs> uh, I saw in his post round interview, he talked about how it was just all about putting, all about putting, all about putting. Um, is that something, do you think he can sustain that Doug? Is that sustainable for him? He, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't leave the field in putting, but he putted better than he normally does. Is this something that you, you see continuing on into the rest of the, the week? Wow. Uh, we shall see, uh, you know, some, these guys sometimes get it, get the feel and it lasts for a week. It lasts for a month. And sometimes they lose it after one round. So we'll have to see tomorrow. I, I do know though, Kyle, um, here's a guy last year when he played in Minneapolis and Matthew Wolf won that one. And I, and I think, I think he finished third 
and he and his girlfriend asked me to take a picture of them with the uh, the, sc- the uh, score, the, you know, the, the guy, the score the guy had been carrying around, which was really a cute picture. And I thought, wow, that's you know, too, really, really a cute couple. And then, of course, he went to the Barracuda, and I'm like, uh huh. And then, if you see his golf swing, and Mark can tell you better than me, that is a golf swing that's going to last on tour for a long time. That is a gorgeous golf swing, <laughs> and he's got a lot going for him. Uh, we'll just have to see if the putting stroke lasts, Kyle. I do know he's he's supremely talented, and I saw him after his round today, and he had commandeered a smoothie somewhere at Colonial, and I got to find out where because it looked really good. And and he's he's he, he, you know he was kind of rubbed in my face. I was out there, I was hot. I said, Kyle, where'd you get that smoothie? He goes, ah, you know, over there. And I was like, Golly, come on, man, let the old guy have a smoothie. At least you can do, right? <laughs> he's got a pretty smooth I mean, He's got a pretty, pretty smooth <laughs> swing, Doug. Uh, the the yeah. thing about me yeah. is I look through the round and you talk about the approach shots because it's the one thing that I think at Colonial especially, it's a separator. If you hit your irons well around there, you are going to um, – you're going to have a good chance. And it's all about probability really. And, and the more chances one gives oneself, you know, the more the chances are stacked up that you make birdies. Now, are you going to make everything? No. But the one thing is for certain, and we saw that today – that even though it was a receptive golf course, there was no wind to speak of except for the odd gust that blew through there. It, it, it was target practice. So if you're missing some targets, you're going to battle around those greens they're saving. So if he keeps on striking the irons like he is, even though he misses a few putts, I think it is sustainable just because of the sheer probability of it all. I think Morikawa winning this week would be awesome. You know, he's somebody that, Certainly, aspirations with uh, within our circles, everybody knows about him. Everybody knows the talent, but I think more broadly, he's just not as much of a known commodity. I mean, kind of like we talk about Sung J M or even somebody like Patrick Cantlay. I don't think if you if you ask the average golf fan, "Hey, what are your thoughts on Colin Morikawa?" They would be like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have any thoughts." So. I think this would be a good opportunity for him to kind of introduce himself to the rest of the golf world. Uh, Mark, you were walking with uh, JT, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler. Uh, just before we get into each of those guys, big takeaway from that group was what? Oh, Ricky looked lethargic. Jordan made me look like a fool, and I deserve it for saying something because mm. in a podcast earlier this week, I was like, no, nah, I wouldn't be going with Jordan Spieth because he honestly looked ragged in practice. I mean, he was driving it everywhere. Now, look, wind will aggravate swing flaws. It exposes one, especially if you've got a left-to-right breeze for a right hand or you're playing into the wind because anything spinning then spins offline, even with a modern-day golf ball. But to date, it was perfect out there. And Jordan early looked kind of messy. But all of a sudden there, I think it was like the sixth hole, he had a couple of quality shots, then he stacked something on there. And then the back nine, he made one or two putts on that front side that sort of got the momentum going. And then he turned around on the back side, hit the ball in the middle of every fairway, basically, put the ball on the green, made some really nice looking putts. And he looked like a real contender. So I think the takeaway for me was Justin Thomas was doing what Justin normally does. Um, Ricky was sort of lethargic looking and, and Spieth was, <laughs> he was pretty impressive over the final nine holes, certainly. Yeah, Spieth top 25 in strokes gained off the tee as well as strokes gained on approach shots. I am uh, quivering in my home office over here, just just delighted at the idea of him contending on the weekend at Colonial in this field. 
I, I, I have to say, I watched the first tee shot and uh, it's, it barely stays on the property, which you have like all the room in the world off the first tee, at least, you know, to keep it in bounds. And I'm thinking, well, uh, I guess we're doing this. I guess this is how, just how it's going to go. So he makes six there. I did not see 65 coming, but he was, he was really good. He, I saw him hit driving iron a couple times off the tee. It's like, just, bro, just do that. Like, just get it in the, just do anything to get it in the fairway. You made it, you you make such a good point there because the one thing that I I mentioned on the show and Nick Faldo added to it as, as you, you would think that a hall of fame and a, a multiple major champion would do. And I said, it just looks like he is not trying to hit the ball as hard as what he would. And Felder was like, you can do it around here. That's why Jordan plays well around here. And he can craft shots around the place. But Jordan didn't look like he was trying to keep it up with JT and keep it up with Brooks and Rory and this sort of crowd. He just did his thing. And, and I thought he put together a pretty good game plan. And, 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 and he played, he drove it nicely today for, for the larger portion of the round. Now, if the wind kicks up, there are a few holes there that will expose one. Um, I think of the tee shot on five. I mean, that thing is just downright nasty. The tee shot on 18 is difficult. There's one or two on the back, 11, even though it's a par five. It, it, it asks you questions. And as soon as 11 rolled around, Jordan missed it left, which was the miss I was seeing under pressure. So if the wind kicks up and you get to those holes, then we'll really, really see. But if Thursday's something to go by, he's looking fine. Uh, last thing on this group, just, you know, I, I watched JT and I think that sometimes people think of him as just being a distance guy, uh, being long off the tee, coming off the, off the ground when he swings. I, I think he's the most well-rounded player in the world, Mark, just from a, an every single category standpoint, which, which part of his game do you most enjoy watching? Because I'm watching him putt on, on Thursday and it's like, man, that stroke is mm-hmm. so pure and especially when you're contrasting it with somebody like Fowler, who I think maybe has the best putting stroke in the game. And, and then JT is like right there and it just, it looked really good. So I, I'm wondering about what your takeaway is on just your favorite part of his game. He has got a full complement of weapons in his arsenal. I mean, arsenal, I mean, he, he looked good today. And the funny thing is, you know, you watch Jordan play for arguments like six and many times at the end of the day, you will be like, that's the lowest score he could have shot. And then you watch Rory, and oftentimes it's the highest score that he could have shot. And, and, and JT today just made whatever it was, 65 or whatever it was, five under. Just looked like a walk in the park. Yeah, um, yeah. The thing that impresses me the most about him is his iron game. Um, he, he's added this little off-speed two-finger type shot where he flats the thing down, wedges. I mean, there were a couple shots where he hit these beautifully sort of driven in there low, not too much spin shots to different plateaus on these greens. And I was like, man, this guy's got all of the tools and, and, and he's got the mindset of a champion too. So, I mean, he's, he has got it all. Okay, Doug, you were walking with Rory, John Rom, Brooks Kepka. I got to ask, was your microphone the one that picked up Brooks Kepka's F-bomb early on in the round? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I couldn't get that close to him. But, um, <laughs> you know, you guys were talking about that. I can't wait to watch the replay uh, tonight on TV. It's and, and, uh, and pick that up. You might have to get on Twitter to get the real replay, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting. Um, you know, with this group, I'm I'm curious. I, I I thought what Mark just said was was intriguing about you know getting something out of your round. W- was there anybody out of this group that 
you know, I look at Rory's back nine, nine straight pars, and you're like, well, was he, was he hit? It seems like he was driving it really, really well. Uh, did anybody in this round score better than they should have, worse than they should have, just from you watching them? Mm. Yeah, you know, it was one of those rounds. I kept waiting for a little momentum to build uh, amongst the group. Uh, Brooks had back-to-back uh, -back birdies early. Rory birdied eight and nine. They all made the turn at two under par. And so I felt, okay, here we go. I think maybe they all could wind up with 65 or, you know, get a little run going on the back, but they never did. They never could pick up the momentum. And really what I saw out of Kepka, he was all over the place with the driver, and that cost him. He just never really had too many birdie opportunities, legitimate birdie opportunities. Rom just – it was a very stale round. Just never could get anything going and caught a flyer at 18 that flew the green and suffered the bogey there. So he shoots one under, Kepka two under. And then Rory, uh, again, his iron play was, um, was very subpar for him. Uh, never really had any close looks. Uh, he had a 10-footer at 17 that he missed. But other than that, proximity to the hole uh, was outside 30 feet. So a very disappointing day for all three. But with a quick turnaround tomorrow, um, I, especially Rory, uh, you know, and even Rom, I feel that they could turn around very quickly and shoot a low number tomorrow, especially with the way the course is in the morning. That's what yeah, I'm expecting out of those guys tomorrow. I, I agree. I, I think you look at the course and you're like, I don't know. Would I be surprised if Rom shoots 62 on Friday or early on Saturday? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, I, I think that that's definitely out there. Um, okay, let's talk real quick about the big beefy boy. Bryce, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> I got to say, I turned on PGA Tour Live this morning, Doug, and I, I, it took me a while to figure out what, I, what exactly I was looking at. I didn't know if uh, <laughs> one of Gary Patterson's guys had uh, left the, the TCU complex and just ran over to Colonial to take a few swings. I, I didn't know what was going on. Did you, have you seen Bryson in person, though? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him yesterday, Kyle. Uh, I, 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 I was amazed. I was really amazed. You know, you read about it, and I think we had talked about it, uh, that he put on some weight. You're like, all right. I mean, you know, we see guys go in the weight room and do this or that. But uh, it was shocking. I mean, it was really shocking. He's very beefy in the shoulders and the arms and the chest. Um, certainly doesn't have that lean look anymore like these guys have where they wear those golf clothes. And now he says he wants to get up to 270. He's about 235 now. He said if he does, doesn't lose flexibility, his plan is to get to 270. And, and I don't know, guys. I'm thinking good luck. It, it was so hot today. It's going to get hotter as the summer goes on. I would hate to be 270 walking around that golf course, any golf course in the summer. I mean, to be 270 on purpose is just – he came out on tour looking like, <laughs> looking like Billy Horschel, and now he looks like <laughs> – yeah. I don't know, Oliver Miller from the early 90s Phoenix Suns. I, <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I, I, I mean, is this like – is this sustainable, Mark? Like, is this, is this what he's going for here? Look, it's obviously, it's obviously well-researched, so I'm sure they're convinced about their decision. Uh -huh. I, I just I, – I found the whole interaction with Dustin Johnson in the group with him on PGA Tour Live fascinating because he has Bryson who's basically hitting driver on every hole except for the par threes and just swinging out of his mind and you get the numbers and he's got ball speed up there like 195 which is it's superhuman and then dj just gets up there and sort of tickles one down the fairway in the same sort of place so uh, i it, it it's it, it's a fascinating thing to me i'm i'm loving watching what he's doing i'm keen to see what the end game is 
because clearly, by the way he's playing, he looks like he's really embraced this whole power thing. But he's hitting some really quality iron shots still. There hasn't been a bleed over to where he's hitting everything hard. He's still got the, 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 the manufactured creative shots in the bag. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's looking pretty impressive to me right now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I think to his credit, he's set a goal that is, if, you're, if you've been paying attention to the PGA Tour over the last decade, it's the right goal to be the best driver because mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the easiest way to, I think, a lot of success on the PGA Tour. And he's, he's living it out. I mean, he's, he's playing it out. Now, we'll, we'll see how it goes over the course of the next, you know, year, two years, five years. But, uh, yeah, he's, he might be my favorite player in the world right now. Um, okay. <laughs> that's speed. Well, it, Bryson might be the one I'm the most intrigued in or intrigued by. I, I don't know. He, I mean, he dropped a 15-minute b-roll video on instagram today just of himself flexing and working out like it's it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen you, you know what greg perks made that very point on pga tour live in the first round this morning and he said look the pga typically can be a place where everyone sort of looks and acts and and and, and behaves the same he goes and and oftentimes folks that are outside of the box people look at them and they're like no not so much but bryson he just does his deal and and, and he is, everyone is paying attention to him. So he's created quite a brand there. He's created something. He's created a, uh, yeah, he's created a need for some bigger clothing at, uh, at Colonial. <laughs> uh, okay. Speaking of Colonial, this weekend on CBS, golf is back. You can watch all your favorite golfers compete at Colonial Country Club and the Charles Schwab Challenge a few different ways. On your computer, yep, just go to cbssports.com where I will be hanging out. On your phone, yep, totally free. Download the CBS Sports app, app and you're off and running to watch big, beefy Bryson on your very <laughs> tiny screen. You can also watch on Roku, Fire TV, and Apple TV through the CBS Sports app on those devices. So in other words, Mark, no excuses. Never miss a chance to watch our guy, Sung M, and, uh, well, that might be Rick's guy, my guy, Jordan Spieth, uh, on CBS this weekend. Okay, guys, we've got a couple more quick hits to get to, uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Okay, Mark, Doug, we are back. We're going to roll through these pretty quickly. Uh, Tom Lehman almost shoots his age. This is uh, what's going overshadowed about this. He goes 65, a best ball from DJ, Ricky, and Webb Simpson, who I picked, uh, unfortunately, this weekend, was a 66 on Thursday. So Tom Lehman, who won the 1995, whatever it was called back then, we'll just call it Colonial, <laughs> uh, beat a best ball from those three guys, three of the top 30 players in the world. Did anybody? Did either of you, Doug, see this coming? No, no. I interviewed him afterwards. Uh, I've uh, covered him the last three holes today. Um, his son is caddying for him, and his son wants to be a PGA Tour pro. So that's kind of cool. That's why he has him out there. Uh, he's the only guy in history to win Player of the Year on the Corn Ferry, which was the Hogan when he played it, the PGA Tour and PGA Tour champions. 
um, has five wins on the PGA Tour, including the Open Championship. And guys, I mean, he he could have been he could have been a Hall of Famer from '95 to 2006. He finished second 19 times. Um, he's had a heck of a career. But no, to answer your question, I did not see this coming. That was wild. Yeah, he's one of 23 guys who's ascended to number one in the world. Uh, he was number one in the world for one week back in. I think 90, yeah. 95, 96, something like that. Yeah. Mark, Mark yeah. any did you see him at all on the course on, on Thursday, Mark? Didn't see him, but I saw some of the older guys. I, I talked about in the previous podcast, Langer was playing a practice round with Phil Mickelson and Keith Clear Water, which I thought was, was intriguing. And then I had a brief chat with Scott McCarron, the Charles Schwab Cup champion reigning. And, and, but, the, but the thing about it is, did I see this score coming from Lehman? Not necessarily, but there are two factors to consider. The, whole, the, the holes like fade iron approach shots, but they welcome draw shots off a number of the tees. And a number of the holes move to the left, except for the difficult tee shots, which are basically 5, 18, and, and, and 11, and I'd sort of listed. And Lehman likes to move it from right to left. And Colonial... It's not a bomber's place. You, you hit the ball in the right place. You hit the ball on the green. The greens are small. You make your share of putts and you can make a good score. So it, it lends itself to being a tactician. You, you look at the, the Kisners and the Kevin Nars and the Justin Roses and, and the Boo Weeklies, you know, the guys that put rounds together. They sort of assemble rounds. It welcomes that sort of stuff. So that's what the Champions Tour guys do, and they do it as well as anyone. So I wasn't really surprised that one of those guys, you know, Langer or whoever, played well on, on a scorable day uh speaking of scott mccarron he broke his putter head on the first hole i just saw this tweet from him i i don't know what happened after that i don't know if he went robert streb at the Greenbrier, where he's just putting with his <laughs> his sand wedge did any does anybody know what happened after he broke his his uh putter head on on hole one did you have a, did you have a backup for him mark <laughs> I, the first time i heard about this was when you told me so no i don't know anything here <laughs> I don't know what happened with that either. That is uh that's not a good, good place to find yourself in. Um, two more things real quick. One, uh, Phil Mickelson's sunglasses. He was wearing sunglasses at like seven ten in the morning, which is weird. Uh, Phil is the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. Isn't he? <laughs> I don't, I don't really, I don't really get it. Uh, I don't get most of the stuff he does, but how do we like, I guess one to 10, Doug, how, how are we rating the shades? <laughs> I kind of like him, actually. I asked somebody, I said, where? I mean, I said, is he endorsing these shades now? And they said, well, of course he is. I mean, <laughs> Phil doesn't do anything unless he negotiates a good deal. So I'm going to have to investigate more about those shades. Kyle, it was funny, though, because uh, this morning when he played, you didn't need sunglasses, you no. know? No. I mean, I mean, so we'll, I'll investigate further. Did he, did he have the coffee in the Yeti cup and the glasses on at the same time? I didn't yes. see that. Yes, he did. <laughs> Beautiful. He's got a lot he, going on. Yeah, he does have a lot going on. He mixes the butter and the coffee, and I, I don't know. There's, there, the, old, the older he gets, the, the more strange stuff comes out. Uh, okay, last thing, guys. Uh, actually, not the last thing, but one of the last things. Uh, if, I, if I tell you, okay, uh, going into Friday, at the end of the day, who who made a who made a big leap up the leaderboard? Who made a charge? Uh, maybe a sixty-two, maybe a sixty-three. That maybe they're not leading, but they're at least near the top at the end of the day on Friday. Mark, you go first. You know, I think it's coming out of one of those feature groups we had this afternoon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Rory finds it. He, he, he looked a bit he looked a bit shaky in warm up when I watched him today. He was sort of battling a two-way miss, and 
and and the distance controller wasn't there. But that's the kind of thing that you can quickly iron out. And and I've just got a sense that John Rahm is going to flick it into another gear. So I think it's one of those sorts of guys. But 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 I wouldn't be surprised at all if Marikawa kicks on what he did today and puts up another round in the mid sixties and sort of you know accelerates. Doug, who do you got? Um, let me let me throw this out because I saw him play a little bit today and I talked to him afterwards and he was really confident. And I know I know Kyle, you got a little Oklahoma State thing going there, but how about Abraham Answer, the Oklahoma Sooner, yeah, who really had a had a good year going before the pandemic. And I asked him today, you know, was there any doubt that you're going to pick up where you left off? And uh, he said no. I mean, and he did. He played really really well today, six under. So. Abraham Answer is a guy who I think can go low, and this could be a big week for him. Hey, I've yeah. got to investigate that tequila he's been punting. There's clearly something through that. Huh? We need to secure a few of those for our rendezvous at the PGA later this year, Mark. Sounds like a good deal, brother. I'll work on it. Uh, I, Honest Abe's a great player, by the way. Oh, you or not, he's he's very solid. Uh, I got John Rahm as well. I, I just think – I don't know, man. Like he's been so good over the last eight or nine months. I, I just, it's so easy to envision like a 64 on Friday and then he's, you know, seven, eight under going into the weekend and he's kind of in it. He didn't putt very well on Thursday. And I always look at the guys that are just elite ball strikers that have bad putting days. And he was definitely one of them on Thursday. Uh, okay. Would you guys like to win a thousand dollars, Mark? Would you like to win a thousand dollars? Heck yes! What can I do? What must I do? What? What, what if I told you you didn't have to put any of your own uh, money at stake? That'd be even uh, better. That's that's the uh, only uh, way you would probably win a thousand dollars. That's that's where CBS Sports has you covered with our very own golf prop game available at cbssports.com/golfprops. That's cbssports.com/golfprops. Rick Gaiman, who's not on this podcast, but he is our, uh, he's our quiz master. So you're getting the inside scoop from him because he's usually on here by listening to the first cut. We'll have questions after every round. So you have three more opportunities to win throughout the rest of the week. Terms and conditions do apply. That's cbssports.com slash golf props. Last thing, guys, we'll go around the horn. Mark, you first. Lower score on Friday in round two. Dustin Johnson, who shot a 71 on Thursday, or Bryson DeChambeau, who shot a 65 on Thursday? Bryson. Doug? Uh, I'll go with Bryson also. He's playing pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm Bryson. That's an easy one. Uh, and then I will uh, – well, I won't say that. That's mean-spirited. We'll just end it like that. Doug, Mark, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, we've got more episodes coming your way after every round. Uh, we're going to do this after every round this week and then again next week. Uh, so follow us on Twitter at First Cut Pod. You can catch Mark on Twitter and Instagram. It still kills me that you're on Instagram, Mark. I'm not even on Instagram. Hey, man, I've, I've, I've found the YouTube. I've found Instagram. I've, <laughs> I'm working on TikTok. Watch. Watch this space. At, we're going to see Mark doing TikTok dances in his hotel. It's room, it's <laughs> at Mark underscore Immelman on Twitter and Instagram. Doug is on Twitter at Doug Bell ESPN. And you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. I'll be making Bryson jokes for the rest of the week. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Hot
This show is fire country. I'm not a hero. I'm an orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.